Hello, everyone. Welcome to a more somber episode of the QB draw. Ohio State is coming off a 42 to 27 defeat at the hands of the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, If you're a Michigan fan, I'm not going to say congrats, but enjoy it while it lasts. That goes for new and old Michigan fans. Uh, (laughs) That's a joke for John. Um, But I'm sort of bearing the lead. This is Ezra, joined by my co-host, John. And today we're going to uh, we're going to diagnose what we think's wrong with Ohio State. We're going to get into some uh, some li- a little bit around the country at the end. And we're not going to talk about the actual game itself too much because we don't want to talk about it. And I'm guessing you don't want to listen to it. That being said, uh, John, do you want to give us a quick brief rundown of what happened in that game? Yeah, um, it was a complete and utter ass kicking from from the the jump. Really, I mean, Ohio State got um, you know they got blown out in the trenches, and you're not going to win football games in that weather, <laughs> particularly. Um, you know, if you're going to be, you know, you're not blocking and you're not tackling, right? Like, and I think that's where the majority of of, of um, you know, not unlike other games in the past, like the feeling that I had in that third and fourth quarter was, you know, it's been a long time since I felt that way uh, during an Ohio state game. The, the, the ones that obviously come to mind um, are 2000, uh, you know, the, the Florida game, of course, uh, going up against Florida in the national championship game. And it was just one of those things where, and, and we'll get into it today where, it was clear that there is something structurally wrong with what what they're doing if they want to compete at the highest level. It was, um, yeah. <clears throat> it was to me. It was like a slightly worse version of the Oregon game, which makes sense because it was on the road and in worse weather, which does not lend itself to uh, not being able to block anybody, as you alluded to. Because um, yeah, it was sort of like Ohio State couldn't take advantage of opportunities in the red zone early when the defense was getting some stops, not a lot of stops, but some stops. And then in the second half, once the offense came to life a little bit, it was just too late because uh, the defense didn't get a single stop in the second half, did not even force a field goal, which, uh, and Michigan didn't really even have to throw for it too. It was like they were running the ball for basically seven yards of pop. Um, Yeah. So there's not much more to get into there. Uh, We are, are going to dive right into I think sort of evaluating the different sort of positions in the program starting with head coach whether we think they need to go what they need to do better that sort of thing and uh, I'll say before we start this I recognize it's a little bit uh, uncouth to talk about uh, people's jobs and whether they should be fired but we are a podcast with like 15 listeners so far and yeah i doubt all 12 <laughs> yeah. of our listeners uh, if ryan day is listening to this uh well, i apologize but uh i don't i don't think he will yeah. and also um, they're they're public employees of the great state of ohio so you know they they deserve uh they're they're under the microscope that's all i'll say on that for uh, sure so starting with head coach i don't think either of us are calling to fire ryan day at this moment in time um but that said, ultimately, this loss falls on his shoulders. He's the head coach. Um, any blame you put on coordinators and uh, support staff, which we will, trust me, eventually does loop back to him because he's the head coach. He's the guy who has either hired or retained them. That's another thing we'll get into. Um, 
So, yeah, and you can't lose to Michigan. Uh, you can't lose to Michigan. This is something that will sort of stain his legacy. Um, hopefully it marks a turning point where he turns it around and beats Michigan from here on out, but uh, that remains to be seen. And sort of we're at a we are at a turning point with Ryan Day where we need to see him put his big boy pants on because we have not seen him deviate from Urban Meyer's program at all. Um, and while I think it's pretty clear to say that Ryan Day has driven the Ohio State bus um, better than Urban was at the end, I don't think that's a John. I, do you think that's a hot take? I mean, no, Jay. I I really don't think so. And and, and it you know one of the things that I've given him credit for, you know, I've I've been one of the more probably more critical folks of Ryan Day and mm-hmm. his his tenure, uh, especially online. Um, but one of the things that I have always kind of admired of him is ready to avoid the the Urban Meyer losses that plagued the Purdue, the Iowa, the Purdue, the Iowa. Yep. You know, the Michigan state 2015, you know, and and that's obviously not a terrible loss in itself. It's a top 10 loss at home, but you know, the way it went down, like, you know, Ryan day has, has clearly, um, you know, demonstrated an ability to avoid, um, avoid giving himself a black eye. And, um, you know, you have to kill now. Until now, of course, yeah. Yeah, this is obvious. Michigan's a really good team. It's on the road. It's in bad conditions. It's not. Uh, it's not Purdue. It's not Iowa. But it is a black eye to be sure. And like I was, t- I you know, Ryan Day's made two playoffs um, in three years. Um, Urban made one after the national title. Ryan Day won a playoff game. Urban Meyer. I can't. I still can't believe that's true. That Urban Meyer never won a playoff game after the national title, and what they seem to have set up—that is still uh, insane to me. So I, yeah, I don't think it's controversial to say that Ryan Day is driving the Ohio State bus better than Urban was at the end. But now we need to see if uh, to go even deeper on this flimsy metaphor: if Ryan Day can fix the bus, or if he even has sort of the will and the self confidence to do that. Because even, even when Urban Meyer. And I don't mean to downplay some of Urban's bad hires because they cost the team at least one national championship in 2015 and arguably one somewhere in, you know, 2017, 2018. Um, but even when Urban's hires were at their most moronic or nepotistic, um, you always knew that the program was his baby and he had the confidence to do uh, whatever he wanted to do, right? Um, and while his decision-making in those situations certainly faltered over the years. You always knew he was doing what he wanted to do. Um, And we need to see Ryan Day sort of do what he wants to do and not just sort of uh, with this retool that's almost 100% likely coming this offseason. Put on his big boy pants, as I said, and just sort of uh, go out there and get some coaches who are experts and who aren't necessarily in the realm of old friends of the program, John, what say you? Yeah, I think, I think that's the, you hit the nail on the head, right? His first swing, uh, Urban Meyer's first swing at hiring for Ohio State, he went out and got guys he had not really worked with before. And then as time went on, slowly but surely, uh, the good old boys were getting back together in the, uh, in the room. And I think, you know, it's really tough. Like, you know, I, I don't want to belittle or bemean sort of uh, bemoan sort of the job that, that Ryan Day's done thus right. far. 
um, just because I, I think he is, he's obviously, it, you can't really be hypercritical of a guy who just lost his first conference game uh, in year yeah. three of, of his reign. No, but also, it kind of reminds same... me, sorry, not to cut you off, but, no, this, go for it. but doesn't this sort of remind you of the 2013 Michigan State loss? I'm not predicting a national title next year. We have no idea. We need to see how the offseason goes. But it it does sort of feel like that where it was all sort of a, the honeymoon phase for urban up to that point and then yeah. sort of it was cold hard reality well that's the thing and, and and that's where i have deviated from a lot of the fan base and i understand sort of the thinking of like well if it ain't broke don't fix it right mm-hmm. um and it's really hard to make those those com- those changes on the fly and you know obviously you know having a game like oregon um on the schedule and and, and having that glaring kind of that 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 pantsing that happened sort of there. Um, and then, you know, putting together a, a, a solid string of performances in between, it culminating with arguably the be- like one of the best front-to-back football games that Ohio State has ever played yeah. in Michigan State. It's certainly the best game they've played since Clemson last year. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, for this team, you know, and, and where you think, you know, a lot of, and, and maybe some of that is the fact that like, maybe they just caught, um, Michigan state at a bad time. And, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the things that, um, Ohio state could have learned from that game about how to stop a run game, um, really didn't come into, can come into play at all really because Kenneth Walker, was so hurt, you know, or, you know, they just weren't giving more than that. I think it, and I I do think Kenneth Walker's injury and just sort of the blazing pace Ohio state's offense got off to certainly Mm -hmm. played a role, but the way in hindsight, the way I look at it is Michigan state is not a team that could punish Ohio state in the trenches. uh, Even with this sort of compromised Ohio state uh, offensive and defensive lines, um, but Michigan is and Oregon was and uh, there's sort of a tipping point the way I see it in in line talent where if you're at a certain point this year in line talent, you're just going to give Ohio State a hell of a day and they're absolutely not really be able to react. Yeah, and I, I think that's the, the big problem right there. And and there's but there's there's a lot you can learn from it. Right. Like it's it, I, I, I say that to say that it, this whole thing is not doom and gloom. Right. It's not right. Um, it's not cause to, to, you know, rewrite the entire book of, of what we're doing here. Um, there, there are things that are worth exploring and there are some positives to take away from that game. I thought CJ Stroud played fairly well um, considering, you know, in the receiving room, you know, um, if that was their last game, uh, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Wilson man, wow. Like, just like, if that's his last game, he yeah. went on a, such a high um, yeah. that, that catch, that he's, you know, they scored that first touchdown on was one of the best catches. Like, I, it, it, it goes was up. Unreal. And, I mean, and, and really, he got. Yeah, I mean, he's almost competing with himself now multiple times yeah. over in terms of like my favorite Ohio State catch of all time. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Thomas obviously comes to, to mind there. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, um, what, what a special guy he was. And uh, wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, uh, he hasn't made any sort of announcement or anything like that, but but uh, I don't I, know Lave Part Two because <laughs> exactly I think no no I is the clear wide receiver one yeah. in this draft. Um, so and and I just you know I, I think even if he sits out the bowl game, 
no 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 bad blood between him and me you know like yeah i, I don't yeah, think no, of course who, anything who anyone should be yeah exactly um yeah i mean it, it'll be a good opportunity what it should be a good opportunity to do the bowl game will be to get new guys reps in it. and in some ways maybe garrett wilson and Olave stepping out or you know uh you know, some of the, the offensive line folks, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick Ferrer, if he, if he chooses to sit out, getting younger guys reps, getting younger guys more uh, repetition from a getting practice Paris perspective. Tackle, um, yes. Yeah. I, and that's that's the thing. Those are the glaring things. We're, that, we'll that, get into this with, uh, yeah, <laughs> with, with the offensive line talk. But, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, super disappointing way to lose but yeah. uh you know there's can we do a quick uh, uh sort of a ode to chris olave because he did not have because that could very well have been his last game as a buckeye Absolutely. he did not have his best game he dropped a touchdown that was behind him it's sort of like i'd, I'd put that that would be historically i think if the weather was fine i think he catches that oh, ball yeah, no, for um, sure. and, um and i think too there was there were a couple balls in there yeah um, while the snow was coming down that you know uh really kind of serve to to curb the the ohio state offense yeah. but yeah man olave such a special player yeah um garrett I, I wilson think... the same you know like it, it, this this receiving core um and, and uh, you know i hate to do the all-time talk you know but right. they go you know I, I, for my money i think they go toe to toe um you know it's basically them in last or the last two years alabama school mm-hmm. squads like i i can't it's a shame know. that this squad couldn't really uh support them in the same way those other squads did um oh yeah and i i will say you know it's hard to pick out a best receiver of all time at ohio state given how sort of underutilized i think so many of the great ones were uh going back as recently as michael thomas um but i i do sort of see and obviously i'm younger but i do see uh, Chris Olave is the greatest Ohio State receiver of all time. I mean, he has the touchdown record. He has two. Unfortunately, it, he's going to go out on a sour note in the game um, in this one, but he has two spectacular performances against Michigan. Um, and he sort of slayed the Clemson demon that was uh, sort of a mini boss there for the program for a minute. Um, so I, I just view him as I view him as this this great figure in Buckeye lore, and uh, he'll be beloved in Columbus forever. Yeah, he's gonna go down then the the books with like the Ted Ginns of the world, right? And for me, Ted Ginn was my first ever favorite, you know, Ohio mm-hmm. State player. Um, you know, I, I, between him and you know before him, it was Maurice Claret, obviously. But uh, but Ginn, just like you know, and, and those are the guys that you know, uh, you know, you hope that the, the program remains close with them and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I think, and, it, you know, obviously rooting for anyone who leaves Ohio state to have a great pro career, but yeah. man, like <laughs> every time you get a Chris Olave or a great Garrett Wilson in and out of the program, it just makes Brian Hartline's job that much easier and going sort of out a self-fulfilling and, prophecy. Um, yep. It, yeah. Um, you know, you, you get, you know, when you go and talk to these wide receivers, <laughs> you've got the proof of concept there, yeah. um, which I think is and so he himself is also the proof of concept. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, cause he, I think he signed, we're getting into the weeds here. If we got shit to do this episode, but I think he signed the most lucrative wide receiver deal at the time in NFL history. Anyway, uh, I've said my spiel about Ryan day. I, I think it pretty much boils down to, uh, it's not time to fire him, but he's, we need to, we need to see it this year. We need sort of, 
a retool that uh, that has real results. It's um, it's a long time. It's been way too long of Ohio State having a bad defense. Three of the past four years, they've had. I, they might be three of the worst pro, uh, defenses in program history, honestly. And then you had that one outlier in 2019. Um, so I, I, do you have anything more you want to say about Ryan? Day? I mean, I think you, you really hit on, hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, urban Meyer's not walking through that door, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to start making decisions for the program that are your decisions. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, um, you can't be worried about what urban or what other folks are going to think. And, and obviously, like I said before, you really can't um, blame him for not making moves until this point, you know, even though structurally um, the signs were there that, like you said, the defense I think was. I you can blame him for not cleaning house defensively after 2020. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, an I think the failure. difficult I thing. It. I get it because of the COVID and not yeah. having time, but uh, man, it like, I think, I think this is sort of the chickens coming home to roost on that. Like this is why when you get absolutely pantsed in national championship game, you you clean house uh, on that side of the ball. Um, but uh, yeah, sort of the same mistake Urban made in 2015, not cleaning house offensively. Um, yeah, some funny and parallels. Mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You know if. Uh... If if Ryan Day and, and Urban still talk, which I, I bet they do, um, we'd 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 appreciate <laughs> Urban uh, yeah. telling Ryan one more time, like hopefully hey, he doesn't hire do him to uh, hire Billy Davis. Yeah, <laughs> well that's the thing. You can talk with him for about three minutes, and Until that's the end of that. that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited. You know, it's a breath of fresh air, right? And and I think the main takeaway that I had from watching that game and moving forward is I think, you know, if I'm Ryan day, I have everybody sit down and I have them watch this game next it's Saturday. A it is a reset for sure. I saw exactly. Chambers posted that Woody Hayes quote about nothing, uh, cleansing your soul quite like an ass kicking. And that, that, you know, that's what it felt feels like for, for the fan base right now. I think I'm sure that's what it feels like inside the program. Uh, this is a reset to be sure it's uh, yeah. it clears your eyes a little bit. And I think I think it's it's time for them to really kind of reset too, and like yeah. realize that hey, not every season ends in a playoff appearance. Not every season ends in a Big Ten championship appearance. It's not a given. Uh, it's not a given exactly. Here, but you have to go and get it. Yep, exactly. And I, and I would anticipate you know in Ohio State, I'm, I'm I, I would anticipate them to make the changes necessary to put them, although the schedule for next year is brutal, but I, I do anticipate them making the changes necessary uh, to put themselves back in the position to be in that game and um, would love to see some fire rain through and, um, you know, maybe get uh, a bowl appearance um, that, you know, uh, look like uh, look like the team that they were supposed to be all year, you mm-hmm. know, um, get, get, get some and guys they- that are angry. Yeah, and, uh, actually, I, I'm glad you said the team they they looked like uh, they were supposed to be all the year because before we step into the sort of staff evaluation past the head coach, I do want to talk about that because there was some discussion in uh, in our Buckeye group chat, uh, one of our Buckeye group chats about like, is this one of the worst losses in sort of recent memory? And it's tough because, uh, you know, losing to your rival sucks. It could be a, like a, a fake exhibition game. Um Losing your rival sucks every time, so that certainly sort of uh, bumps this up on the scale. 
But uh, shout out to longtime mutual uh, Robert at JRAM, not the GOAT. He said in, because there were some other clear uh, competitors, he said in 2015 against Michigan State, in 2019 against Clemson, sort of, he felt like something was uh, sort of taken from him because uh, the, you felt like those teams should have won national titles. And while sort of I was sort of on the full bandwagon in this train, in hindsight, I really don't feel like that because while they showed flashes culminating in a huge flash against Michigan State, uh, this team was not good enough to to go the distance. And No, and, and, and that's something that you mentioned too, feeling like something was taken from you. Like in those games that you mentioned, Ohio State or external forces beat Ohio State, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, versus in this game, and, and it, it's really hard to learn from losses like that. Um, yeah, it's like there's not much to take away. It's like, okay, Jordan Fuller's strip touchdown got turned into an incomplete pass. Um, Sean Wade gets thrown out of yeah, the game. Yeah, like Jacob um, Dobbins rolls his ankle. It, it's like what – okay, man. Like, yeah, sure. and you lost to Clemson, right? Like, yeah. That, that Clemson team was really good. Um, and, uh, you know, now, you know, but, but with this Michigan game, you can at least take from it that Ohio state was the second best team on that. Right. And that's, that's, you know, and and I said going into this year that I did not think that this was going to be the year. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought there was a lot of inexperience and, and I think in some degree, I think the folks, uh, you know, it's, it's, a lot. And, and Smith and Jigba and Trevion Henderson, you know, were able to keep us in these games. You know, they were, right. you know, and, yeah. and obviously CJ Stroud was awesome too. But like, you know, I, I think in some degree we were elevated by that, you know, historic um, receiving core, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping us involved versus, you know, just on defense. I, I don't think it, like it was it was that sort of talent that showed the sparks instead of a truly like foundational great team like yes 2019 or yes. at the end of 2014 like, yes it was not a top to bottom full unit of just ass kickers at any point it was some guys who had absolutely mind-blowing sort of uh highs and yes and that's the, the thing too yeah. it's like you know you look on the side the, the you know the side of the ball the 2014 um ohio state team you know, to and the 2019 Ohio State team, defense, defense, defense. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff, um, you know, especially in the Big Ten, defense is, is king because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to play many super high-powered offenses. You need to have the ability to get your um, get your, your defense off the field and stop the bleeding when, when, when it happens. And, um, you know, obviously something that they're going to have to look to improve moving forward. I think um, if you give – Ryan Day, hopefully if you give Ryan Day another a mulligan, a, a chance to look back on it, I think, you know, and, and, and this might be something that we'll address later, but I think the decision of his to want to be involved in the defensive process when that's really yes. not yeah, his. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I this is sort of one of my hard, before we get into the other uh, parts, like this is sort of one of my hard lines for Day. I mean, obviously he's not going to listen to me, but in an ideal world, um, it's like, what are you doing being involved on defense, dude? You are an offensive coach. You were mm-hmm. hired because of your offensive prowess. You should not be the visionary for the defense. You should honestly hire a guy who knows what he's doing on defense, a pro at defensive coordinating, and don't ask him any questions. I mean, obviously not to that extreme, but do not tell him what to do in any capacity. 
hire a guy who you think knows what he's doing and let him do his damn job. No fiddling in it at all. Well, for sure. I mean, and that's the thing. If you look back on his entire career, right? Like mm-hmm. he never one time had no. even, you know, looked at, basically looked at the defensive side of the ball, right? Like GA, uh, tight end coach at, at UNH, um, you know, GA at, at BC in Florida, and then he's getting into wide receiver coach. And then he goes, you know, he's a quarterback coach and offense coordinator at BC, mm-hmm. quarterback coach in the NFL, comes back as a co-offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And, you know, now he's OC and, and, and QB coach, and now he's the head coach. And, and like never at any point, you know, I, I don't understand where he would have, you know, kind of understood or, or, or been – you know, had the, you know, it, it, in order to have a position like Ryan Day's, right, you have to have a tremendous level of self-awareness, right? Right. And that is something that, you know, uh, leaders of all kinds in business and in other parts, you have to be, it's, it's one thing to know your strengths, but you have to also understand where your strengths are not, right? And, and, you know, and yeah, I don't Urban think- lost that. Um, exactly. And, yeah. and that's where the difficulty of this job specifically is, you know, and I understand it in, in some cases, right? Like if I'm going to go down with the ship, I might as well have, um, you know, some say in what's going on, right? right. Like not wanting to toss the keys, but the best coaches employ the best coordinators who, you know, allow them to go out and do their thing. Right? Yeah. Nick's- like you think, you think I, I, we were literally about to say, say the same thing. You ever, <laughs> you think Nick Saban ever asked like, Lane Kiffin or uh, I mean he did mess with Lane but uh, Steve Sarkeesian last year like how to do their jobs or how to like design those offensive offenses I don't think so no obviously like he obviously knew what was going on because that's his job but he wasn't telling them how to sort of design the playbook and 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 a name that's going to get brought up in this conversation again um Dabo with Brent Venables right Brent Venables had you know full domain over that defense and Mm -hmm. Even a guy as you know strong of a personality as Dabo, you know he's That's allowing. That's way to put it. <laughs> yeah, he's allowing um, you know Brent Venables to to really do his thing, and and mm-hmm. it, he's had tremendous success. And you know, not to get too into the weeds, but there was a chance that Ohio State had to hire some quality defensive coordinators and weren't able to because um, you know because Ryan wanted to do his single high look and, and mm-hmm. do a bunch of, of concepts that ultimately bit him in the ass. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator change that happened at mid-year, you got to tip your cap to the, the, the yeah, guy. Yeah, we just get into it? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we were, like, diagnosing the full sort of head-to-toe staff, um, defensive staff, I I think I was gonna say what you're gonna say, so go ahead. No, you if you oh, want okay. to eat yours, yeah, go <laughs> okay. for it. Um, yeah. So, Kerry, the way where I am with let's start with Kerry Coombs. Obviously, got demoted after the Oregon disaster. Um, where I am with Kerry Coombs, if he is okay with being the quarter cornerbacks coach and not really uh, being that involved in scheme and play calling, but just uh, developing cornerbacks and recruiting them then I am, I would love to have him back because I think he's great at that. Well, um, yeah. I mean, and I think too, from, from that, 
perspective, right? That was an aspect that fell off and, and maybe it was because he was being spread too thin. You know, right. obviously we've got a good quarterback class. Also, he now. was gone and Urban made horrible hires. So the the development was just not there. For yes. Years. So Kerry, um, Kerry gets a chance. And if he wants to stick around, I'm more than happy to have him. I think there are a lot of guys that are in positional, you know, areas right now um, that I'd love to keep around mm-hmm. um, as long as, you know, there is an understanding that we're going out to get real coordinators now. Right. Um, And that's especially on the defensive side of the ball. You got to tip your cap. You know, obviously it didn't end great, uh, but Matt Barnes, I think did Mm -hmm. uh, about as good a job as you can anticipate anybody in that situation to, you know, come in. um, And that's got to be a tremendous, tremendous, uh, hard thing to do is to come in and, and, take a job from a guy that's still in the building. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I wouldn't, you know, blame him if he wants to leave, you know, like I I think that's a difficult thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job. Um, You know, it just wasn't enough. And you trace it back to sort of not clearing house last year. I, where I am with Matt Barnes, it's like he did a hell of a job uh, making the defense for, uh, as good as it was for the games after the Oregon game until the Michigan game. Um, but it's like, you can go get someone better than Matt Barnes. And that's no offense to him. He's sort of a, a, a newbie. I mean, he's been around, but you know what I mean? He's not, he doesn't have that sort of like uh, pedigree that you would want. Uh, yes. You, yeah. He doesn't yeah. have anything foundational in his background that you look at and say, oh, okay, that guy did this. You yeah. Know. Um, prior to Ohio State, he was at Maryland, um, and he was at Michigan as a defensive analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he was brought in as a safeties and special teams coach, and now he he took over obviously as a secondary coach this year, but took over primarily the defensive court like thing. Um, sorry, coordinating and play calling. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing to learn from that is, you know, whatever we want from our next defensive coach it's going to take a whole off season to sort of, or not a whole off season, but a whole spring practice and a whole, um, you know, training camp to really put in and facilitate and get them um, back to a point of understanding because, you know, like we said, or, you know, um, like a lot of folks have said early in the season, right. You could look at guys who have been playing in this Ohio state team for a long time and see sort of as a and in the linebacking position, especially, yeah, right. The I'm, gears were just the game was moving way too fast. And for them. I, like I've seen, I've seen game film clips posted, you know, around Twitter, and, and that, and while I think the main issue was getting blown off the ball on the on the lines, the uh, the linebackers uh, sort of did not help the cause very much. Uh, and it's like it's kind of a joke, but it's not really a joke, like. You feel like the more guys get coached by this staff, the worse they get. Um, it's it, defensively, especially yeah. like yeah, um, defensively. Um, and that's the thing. It's like you know your defensive star this year. Um, well, obviously, it's it's either you know JT Tweenlow I think was fantastic, um, but your your real breakout defensive star is Steel Chambers, mm-hmm. right? And he <laughs> didn't look a, good in the game. Now it's, no. like, it's one game, and it's like it's definitely the hardest sort of matchup he's had since he's been in the lineup so you can't mm-hmm. just say oh he's bad because the coaches got to him but like, exactly I, there is something to it where he, he, i think that's probably his worst performance of the year and it's like what are they 
Um, well, if, first of all, like, you know, the guy shouldn't be in the position to begin with. He's right, a running back, yeah. right? Like, well, and I, like I he, if you're a, be a linebacker, but oh, for sure, have had but some more time. to. Convert. Your entire yeah. defense should not be built around this this guy who just learned how to play linebacker uh, effectively this year, having the performance of his life. Right. And, yeah. and I think, um, you know, obviously that's going to change um, with CJ coming in next year. He's going to be an absolute monster. Um, hopefully, you know, in the coming hopefully years, Sonny right? Styles reclassifies because yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't, he is. Uh, you know, you've yeah. got these dynamic defensive athletes who can do a bunch of different things. You know, you're not um, you're you know from the safety position that Sonny Styles is. You know, he's safety you know, linebacker hybrid, whatever. Exactly, he can yeah. play bullet, um, but like you know, and that's that's the kind of stuff that all of the that the good defenses now are doing. And yeah. and it was great to get a guy like Sonny in. Um, can we name uh, something else? I'm sick of hearing the word bullet. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's like I was I was mainly worried with Sonny ending up in picking um, picking Notre Dame just yeah. because of how well they've they've used. Um, that that position in the past, you know, Kyle Hamilton comes to mind. You know, yeah. like that um, six four six five, like crazy big safety. Yeah, um, it, it's yeah. gonna be. I'm just excited to get a good new batch of, of defensive athletes. Yeah, you know, there's there's no, still absolutely. um some folks out there now, and um you know I, I I really overall like I think the defense was came into the year on the back foot like i i I just don't think necessarily um you know conceptually i don't think that they were you know they were set behind the whole time exactly right and that that whole so we sort of uh we sort of skirted around it i think al Al washington needs to go i i like al washington he seems like a good guy but uh his linebacking units uh they were good in 2019 um they have not been good at all the past two years and i don't i don't give you too much credit for recruiting gabe powers and cj hicks and sunny styles because they're ohio guys obviously you still got to do it but i think there's plenty of linebackers coaches that can recruit in-state linebackers to ohio state yeah and that's the thing that you bring up right is like your ability to you know ohio state well knock on wood right Mm because with Cincinnati entering the Big 12, maybe there is, you know, some kind of We'll see what there. being in the Big 12 means. Exactly. And, yeah. But, could, but is it, it going to be like being in the old Big East? We'll have to see. Um, yeah, precisely. But, you know, but that's the thing is Ohio State has always done a great job of shutting out the state of Ohio. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you look across the board, programs that, you know, are able to own their state you know you know you, you do a great job with it LSU, so um yeah. are we are we in agreement on al washington are we sort yes of, uh, i okay. think al washington and and that's a name that i've seen brought up for defensive coordinator jobs yeah, in, like, in smaller it's, programs you can do a soft fire like hey like why don't like go take this job buddy um, and that's what i think for yeah. most of these these um these players or sorry the coaches that yeah that, that do end up um leaving the program, I think we'll go on to find jobs. So that's where I, I oh, don't yeah. necessarily feel, you know, I'm, I'm not calling like when we're, when we say we're, we're calling for them to lose their job. It's not like we're calling for them to like, you know, be lose homeless. income yeah. and, and be homeless. Yeah. We just, they're going to be just okay. You know, they're going to be great. You know, and like, 
Um, a lot of these guys can go on and do bigger and better things or, or, you know, have bigger, larger roles. Um, and maybe that's something that, that Al Washington wants, but, um, yeah, like people have different skill sets. I mean, I think personally, I think Kerry Combs would make like a great, like group of five head coach, even though he's clearly not cut out. To yeah. I mean, and maybe, like, maybe that's, that's the thing but, yeah, with, um, uh, with Kerry is like, you know, he's of age now where, you know, his next couple of jobs are really going to matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if he's at a point where he really likes the cornerback coaching and, and, you know, he's always been so hands-on um, historically was very hands-on with, with the cornerbacks and, and developing them. You, you can tell he's a guy that people respect same, same with, uh, with Larry Johnson, like the, the, the amount of respect that you get by those guys being in your room is, is so key. Um, it's just, you need somebody defensively to come in and really drive that boat. Um, you know, a better linebacker and coach, you know, obviously I think is something that is, they just you know, look so slow out there. They're so yes. non-reactive. I don't yes. probably a better word for that. It's just, it, it's not working. It, they don't, they don't make plays. I mean, still chambers has on occasion, um, but they don't make plays. They just don't. And it, it's just whatever they're teaching, whatever they're teaching them, whatever they're sort of like programming them to do, it's not working. Um, so yeah. Um, and now sort of the, the tough one is Larry Johnson. Uh, I, I have sort of a mini sort of something to say on this. Do you mind? Yeah, go it? for it. So I don't think you can, I don't think you can outright fire Larry Johnson when he leaves the program it needs to be sort of his retirement is how it needs to be framed because he's a legend um he's a hall of famer um and he should be sort of cherished in the program forever for what he's done um that being said I do not think the defensive line has been good as a unit like a full cohesive unit obviously Chase Young was a game wrecker um, and you do get credit for developing him. He was a five-star coming in, but some people don't develop five stars. Um, so you do get credit for developing him um, so that you, you can't just sort of wipe him off the board just because he's, you know, Chase Young and an outlier um, in 2018, you get a little bit of slack because Chase Young had two ankle sprains. So he wasn't himself and Nick Bosa obviously got hurt. Um, but with those caveats aside, I do not think the defensive line has been dominant as a unit since the 2017 season. Um, I, I, th- I think that's definitely fair. I, I mean, 2019 last, year, last year was defensive line was flat out awful. The, the um, tackles were good. Haskell, Garen, Tommy, Tommy Togia were good. They, they were not good on the edges. Um, and, you know, just looking at the, the, you know, for this game specifically, um, you've got you know, the defensive line was not tackling worth a lick, no, right? No, like no, no, Tyreek Smith. Tyreek and... Smith is like the most sort yep. of inconsistent. We we talked about this in the group chat as well. Like the Clemson game last year, the Penn State game this year, he looks like an absolute game record top 10 pick. Um, and then other games, he is just MIA, nowhere to be seen. I do not know what to make of that guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm The guy I'm watching right now too is, especially as we talk about this kind of stuff, is Jack Sawyer, right? Like right. Jack Sawyer had no tackles, at, at least per ESPN. He didn't have a single tackle in that game, um, which is a problem. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, you got to, you know, obviously, um, you know, Larry Johnson does a great job in the recruiting process. He's been able to get right. That's just about any guy he wants. Like he is right? the closer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe, you know, obviously, 
I think, you know, from a perspective of, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily, again, I don't think it's necessarily a technique issue with a lot of these folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's not necessarily on, on him. Well, I think that's what we'll get into next. Yep. Uh, so Larry Johnson sort of undecided. I don't know. I can't sort of say because he's a legend um, and he's still recruiting really well. And honestly, I don't know uh, if the technique is the issue. I don't think it is. Do we before we get into this, because I think this is sort of you and I. What I was just going to yeah. get into. Yeah. Do we want to do a quick sort of like rundown of what we think should happen? This is not us predicting. This is just sort of us. Uh, if we if we ran the world, how it would go. So Kerry Coombs, we would say, well, ideally, Ryan Day goes out and hires a stud defensive coordinator, outsider. Um, it'd be best if he had no ties to Ohio State. It, it's fine if he is, if you truly think that's the best person for the job. Um, and then for the guys on staff, Matt Barnes can stay if he's okay being sort of the safeties coach. Um, Kerry Coombs can stay if he's okay being the cornerbacks coach. Al Washington has got to go, um, and Larry Johnson were sort of undecided on. Uh, is that sort of how you yeah, feel I, as well? Yeah, I think that's fair. And okay. like you said, like I think it's you, nobody is going to tell Larry Johnson what to do. Um, right. I think, yeah. and that's the thing. Is like, but you know, I, I, that's kind of what I was saying. Was I think if you get a good defensive coordinator, then the defensive line performance doesn't doesn't necessarily you know matter. Is I mean, obviously, it's 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 an important. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not relying on this defensive line to do everything to kind of stop mm-hmm. stop the, the bleeding per se. Um, so, and and if you can get a guy with some schemes and some good blitz packages and things like that, because that was the thing that really, really, really uh, upset me. Sort of towards the end of the game was they they knew everybody in the damn stadium knew what was going on well it was like it was like the alabama game where they refused to get out of 4-4 it yep. was the opposite problem in this game cuz they refused to get out of 4-2-5 exactly like, so yeah. and, and what ohio state needed to sell out to stop the run and i don't think they knew how to do that no. i don't think they know how to do that and i think that's something that a new offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator should be able to do even if it's sort of trying to re readjust the defense mid year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, you know, that's, you know, if, if we're able to get a good defensive coordinator who does some funky things, you know, and um, I just, I just want to play aggressive defense again. You know, I, yeah. I want to, um, you know, and, and Ohio state systemically right across the board, the, the Oregon game was the same exact thing. It, it was it's the same death game. by a thousand the, yeah. cuts, right? And it's, it's like, it's like in the moment at the, at the start, at the start, you're like, okay, four yard, five yard game on the ground, whatever. And then by the fourth quarter, you're like, Oh my God, please do whatever you can to stop the bleeding. It's the mm-hmm. same exact thing. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, if, if we're selling out to stop the run, you know, and you get beat on a big play every once in a while, you know, that's it, it, yeah, it's, it's the Kate nature McNamara of the beast, right? You, it's like, all right, you Cade McNamara cooked you, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's like and that's we saw what, and, no, that's but that's the most frustrating part. We saw what happened when Cade McNamara tried to cook them. Bryson Shaw, of all people, picked him off. It's like, yeah, what are we doing here now? I, I, I don't think sort of not selling out to stop the run was the pure issue, was the sole issue. Uh, there's not much scheme wise you can do about getting blown off the ball. But mm-hmm. there, there were things they could have done to mitigate it. Um, yes. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, and that's in, in college sports, especially college football, you know, 
these guys are, you know, this is you're not playing prime Peyton Manning, right? right. You don't have to give. You're not even the, playing prime CJ Stroud. You're playing exactly Cade McNamara. Yeah, and Cade's a fine quarterback, and Cade's yeah, fine no, at, what at what he does. But I would yeah. try and force him to beat me downfield, right? right like exactly. beat me downfield, figure out a way um, to hit, you know. And and, and I would trust my. Um, they don't really have with Ronnie Bell out for the season. They don't have a lot of receiving depth right now mm-hmm. either. And it's, they they did unreal. burn. They did burn. Um, they did have a couple of good deep pass plays, mm-hmm. um, which you have to give them credit for. But at the, the same corners time, corners didn't play well. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and you don't have guy. really um, the safeties are just you know they're they're not a very strong unit at this time point in time. Now, and the Josh Proctor, I don't think it would have changed much about the overall result this season, but I, I do think the Josh Proctor injury hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Do we? So let's uh, let's. I are you are you? I want to move us along. Do you have anything? Any closing remarks on the defensive staff? Yeah, just get you know, get get more aggressive, right? And yeah. I think that that goes across the board with all of Ryan Day. We can say mm-hmm. it about special teams. There was no need to kick the ball back. To, they should have. Yeah, you you're and the way they were kicking the ball off all game, they were giving 15, 20 yards. No, um, yeah, a pop on it. On yeah. That just, Dude. I don't know. I don't even know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, we don't even know what that was. Um, it, And, like, but anyways, so let's do the offensive staff real quick because I, I sort of think the last thing we want to talk about is can be, like, our last big discussion of the day. I think the offensive staff is pretty quick. There's yep. one clear outlier. Everyone else is good. Uh, Kevin Wilson reported to be sort of flirting with the Akron job. If he goes, whatever. I think he's fine. Um, I don't think he's a great recruiter. It seems like he takes the, as Patrick Mayhorn says, the first tight end who will say yes to him every year. Um, and his running game seems to lack imagination at this point. I don't think he's the worst coach in the world. Uh, if he leaves, whatever, uh, Brian Hartline, obviously he can say, um, make him say, give him a raise if he needs it. Um, whatever. Uh, You see, that's the thing I think with Brian Hartline is I think, you know, you can lean on the fact that, these are Ohio State guys. Yeah, right? yeah. He's a, he yeah. He's he's um, Ohio State through and through. He's doing great at what he does. You know, maybe you give him an expanded role in the offense if he wants it. You know, I, I don't, I don't know even if, know if he wants it to be honest. Yeah, but, I mean, if you let him recruit like crazy because he's yeah. an absolute sicko in recruiting and, and let him develop um, his guys. But yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Wilson's offense, like, not to you know get too into the weeds, but. Michigan did a press tour, you know, Michigan, mm-hmm. Harbaugh, you know, all of their defensive coordinator, everybody talked about this damn drill that they ran every single practice of the year called Ohio run. Right. Mm-hmm. And the entire, you know, it's selling out to stop three plays. Right. Right. That's ultimately what Ohio state's offense ran from a running perspective. And, and, you know, there is something to be That's said fine, about keeping they things a lot of the time. Um, exactly. It's, it's keeping things simple, but having the ability to go deeper into that bag, finding counters and things like that, at this point, that yeah. would, you know, throw a defense just off balance enough right. um, play action. You know, I don't think Ohio state re- utilizes it enough. And also from a structural standpoint, if you, if you're not recruiting quarterbacks who are running the ball anymore, which, which CJ Stroud like is not going to run the ball. Quinn Ewers is not a prolific Quinn, Quinn runner. Seems like he has a little bit of pop in the running game, but sure, uh, that yeah, needs to be. He's not Justin Fields. He's yeah, certainly not JT Barrett or Brian exactly. Um, so that that's where you need to figure out a way to scheme so that way you're not 
just relying on, okay, like, you know, we're, we're running a zone running scheme here. We need to, and that's something that they, they had worked on in the past, but I did not see enough of it on Saturday, that motion to kind of, uh, yeah. to isolate. It was you know, weird how they went away from it. Um, really bizarre. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of it didn't help that they were getting their asses kicked by mm-hmm. uh, the defensive line. Just, you know, to, to get into just one play in particular, Third and two, right out of the half. Oh, um, well, I was actually about to bring this up for another reason. Uh, you go ahead, and then I'll get into It's just, you know, you've never thrown a pass out of under center all year. That is the exact set I was about to bring up. That is a very damning statistic. That is yep. like when that- you can, you know, rely on just sure as shit every time that they are going to run the ball when they are in this formation. No, it's unreal. It's like the wildcat, but you don't, you don't have the advantage of not having the quarterback on the field. It's yep. insane. You have, you've taken, you know, and, and not only have you taken, you know, that that's the thing. And, and that's where they lost this game. I think that play in itself. Yeah. You took the play, the ball out of your Heisman candidate, potentially Heisman they winning quarterback. Every time they throw it on to like, mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba could get two yards on a drag route in his sleep. Like, mm-hmm. it's like... You could release Jeremy Ruckert on that play. Right. And get two yards. Like, I, I, I don't know why they went away from the screen pass. The screen pass is a cooked Michigan all year. Yep. And Travion Henderson is amazing in space. He has, I think, a little bit of work to do between the tackles, but... Uh, they ended up getting a pretty solid talk, you know, a solid, you know, obviously the, the passing touchdown. That was like the first drive of the game, I feel like, on the, yep. on the screen pass. Um. Yeah, no. Yeah, so basically what we're saying is we, Kevin, we, we're not going to be too sad to see Kevin Wilson go. Tony Alford, he's always in sort of consideration for that Colorado State job if it opens. Um, if not, I think he's doing a fine job, better than fine. He's probably doing a good job, um, doing very well recruiting. Travion Henderson, um, Evan Pryor, uh, Dallin Hayden, I think is his name. And then he's sort of in it, in the thick of it for Richard Young right now in 2023, yep. who's the best back in the nation. So you, I don't think you have any problems with uh, Tony Alford. Uh, no. Do we want to get into the The, the elephant guy? in the room? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, uh, let's talk about it. Greg Stradrawa. Yeah. Uh, Greg Stradrawa has got to go, in my opinion. I don't think that's a hot take. He is not an ace recruiter. He's probably the worst recruiter on the staff. Um, he, he has gotten some good wins. Donovan Jackson's a good win. Um, but everyone knows recruiting is not his strong suit. His sort of uh, saving grace or his supposed saving grace has been that he can get these guys in and develop them. And, oh, boy, uh, that did not look like it paid off all that well on Saturday, Ohio State's offensive line got absolutely dominated in the run game and the passing game. The sort of four tackles line did not work out. Yeah, um, and that's 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 something that you as somebody should have staked their job on is this concept of of running four tackles. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. somebody like, somebody needs to go for that because uh the point of having four tackles is, is that you have four massive dudes who are not going to get beat on anything and yeah it's sort of like the it should be like maybe you're not the best in run blocking but you are an absolute brick wall and pass pro and oh my god they were not they were not Um, and and there were a couple times where they were just straight up getting bull rushed and pancaked and And like yeah dude i don't know what to make of like 
uh, Nicholas Petit Frere and Dewan Jones. Because, like, in my mind, they're really, really good players. But then games like this happen, and you're like, I have no idea what to yeah. make of these guys. I mean, well, and that's the thing. It's like Paris Campbell, you know, and this, this is something that, again, getting more aggressive, right? Paris Campbell's entire freaking high school tape is him murdering people, mm-hmm. right? That is a guy who you – Paris Johnson. To- Paris, Paris Johnson, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was like, Paris I was like okay, this is a weird analogy, but I'll yeah, no, Paris like, Johnson, yeah, no. sorry. <laughs> uh, Paris Johnson. Um, but yeah, so his whole uh, def- offensive like highlight tape from, from high school is him murdering people. You know, that's a guy I want playing, again, like we said, playing tackle, right? In, in, um, and, and this is something I've mentioned before, but like, you know, if, if, if you're not playing starters into every – you know, fourth quarter for the entire year, you've got more reps for these guys, you know, these, these offensive linemen who, you know, when you need a breather or you need something, a change of pace or change of anything, it's not as big of a deal to throw them into that game and say, all right, you know, you've done this before. Um, And that's what they needed because, and uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson had a great game, had his three, um, yeah, he, he's going to get his to some extent. You can't yes. let him get that much. Um, yes, yeah. Three sacks, incredible game. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I just, you know, the, the offensive line needs a change. Um, it needs to get, you know, and I think that's just a running game as a whole. Like, you need to have pulling guards. You need to have, you know, you need to have a path of destruction. And uh, that's that's something that, you know, Ohio State obviously being like a, um, a, you know, more of a pass first attack now, um, you know, it, it, you're getting away from that, those fundamentals of the importance of blocking and, and uh, you know, winning that game in the trenches, right? You're, right? You don't have to worry about winning the game in the trenches when you've got Jaskin Smith and Jigba who can just get open, you know, five yards every time he, yeah. you know, within a quarter second. So you don't even really need to protect CJ Stroud that much. Um, but but when the, the you know when you're playing on messy turf when you're playing in the snow it becomes a lot harder to mm-hmm. really get that crisp uh, that cr- those crisp uh, transactions down and and mm-hmm. that's when you need to get back into the fundamentals of like you know we're just gonna line up and pound the ball you know and and something that Ohio State used to do back in the day um, yeah with Jim Tressel. Um, but you know, it's something I'd love to see them go back in, in doing is building that run for building that strong offensive line, um, mm-hmm. who's going to bully you know bully teams into submission, and and then obviously that that sets up the run even further because I'm sorry sets up the pass even further because um, you're not you're, you're just not able to find that balance, and you're doing to teams what <laughs> Michigan did to you, you know, right? Um, no, that's, so, that's the worst part of all this is Ohio State should be the team bullying people off the line of scrimmage. That yep. should be that you've got ball. more talent, you know, than just about every than every team, pretty you much play. every team except Georgia and Alabama, and, yep, in the uh, country, and, and you're not yeah. playing them this year. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you you might play. There's an outside chance you play Alabama, um, but uh, yeah, no, I I think we're in alignment there. And even with all that said, I I fire Stud anyway because I don't think he'll lose much on recruiting. I think you can easily find someone to do a better job than him. But even with all that, I am not even sure how much of this is his fault. I personally place the blame on one figure, um, 
not what no i i do definitely think it's somewhat uh studs fault and the defensive staff's fault but um if you're ready to get in this discussion uh i think mickey marotti's gotta go yeah Um, Uh, well that's just the uh that's that's the next sort of aspect of this um yeah, man. Uh, do you want me to sort of get in why? Because that might be surprising to some of our listeners, uh, given that uh, Marathi's sort of a, a beloved figure, and for good reason, I'll say. Um, I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, like his pedigree. I mean, he's, a, you know, you look at him. He's I, got yeah. three national championships, right? Yeah. Um, everyone gets washed at some point. It's okay to be washed. Yeah, um, and, and especially in a game like strength and conditioning, yeah, that's always been changing, right? Like, yeah. Um, I, I think he did a great job. Early on, he, he the... won the team a national championship, and um, it, and there used to be a time. There was certainly a time like um, where you always felt like going into the fourth quarter as a combination of sort of Marathi's um, expertise at at strength and conditioning and just the overall uh, talent and depth of the group. You always felt like Ohio State was in position to. Um, exert control over over the over the game and sort of the best examples i can think of that are like the 2017 penn state game where yes jt barrett played out of his mind had an out-of-body experience played like he hadn't played since ever before and certainly not since 2014 um there was it's with that it's easy to forget the defensive line completely taking over that game they were just too strong they had too much stamina they were too fast for Penn State, and they they completely shut that team down. And you just don't see that anymore. No. The fourth quarter is now the worst time for Ohio State. It's like the, when they when the offense finally got clicking, the defense could not get a stop to save their lives. And it's just, um, you know, and, and, and like it just they just there's so many guys out there who just don't look athletic. Like why why does Nicholas Petit Fair not look athletic? He was an athletic monster in high school. Why does Zach Harrison look so slow out there? Now, Zach Harrison, I, I do think, might have been overranked a little bit coming out of high school. We all know his high school competition wasn't the best. But he should be he should look more athletic than he does out there. Absolutely. Because that's his whole thing. Like, why why is sort of Julian Fleming as sort of massive as he is? It's it's in my opinion, yeah, it's it's, it's just it's a one building all um, yeah, approach. We're just yeah. building mass, you know? Right. And, and that's that's where um, getting somebody with maybe a more modern approach coming in, um, you know, you, you look back at um, and a, a program that has done it well. Um, this is only the second time where they're getting a mention on our podcast today, but Alabama, yeah, um, you know, they really took to heart. You know, the, one of the the foundational games for them was the kick six. Um, learning how to run an RPO was huge right. for them, and going back and realizing that teams are scheming for you're just going to have massive human beings on the field. So we're just going to be faster than you. We're going to be quicker than you. Right. And that's the quickness aspect of it is that like, you know, you've got, um, you know, the, on, on the offensive line, the defensive line, it's one thing to have big guys, but if they're going to be moved out of the area, like it doesn't matter, and you know, it, it sucks it, because it feels like we already did this. It feels like we already did this way back in 2006 when I was a little kid and yep. Ohio state learned you can't just have huge dudes. Um, like, cause they're going to get, uh, they're going to get out athleted and like, to, and you know, I forget which play, maybe you recall like which player was talking about like 
Oh yeah, they pretty much let me eat as much McDonald's yep, as I wanted. That was what I was. I was trying to find the yeah. exact name of that that interview. I think it was an offensive lineman. Um, yeah, just and, just being allowed to eat whatever uh, seems to be a problem. And like I don't, I don't want to. These are college kids. I don't want to be. Um, I don't want to be ty- I don't want the guy to be tyrannical about it. But you should have them on some sort of diet plan um, to an extent, and like some sort of. And you shouldn't be encouraging them to just eat junk food all the time, which I think is the real problem. And that's what it sounded like. Like, I don't, I like, I really don't want to, I want to stress. I don't want to like control these kids lives. Like if they want to have some McDonald's, like, yeah, no, I I just, I don't think that you should be all in on um, McDonald's being what's going to make your your offensive lineman into it. Like that should not be the strategy. Holistic health. And like every college campus in the country is and you've spent more time on college campuses than me lately. But, you know, that was one of the things when I started going to college, you know, every dining hall had to be focused on making, you know, things that were holistically healthy for for kids. And like the fact that uh, it's just adding mass in for some guys, that's what they need. Some guys get, some guys just need to add mass. I get that. But that Quinn Ewers so- needs to add right. mass. Exactly. Yeah. CJ Stroud probably needs to add mass. Um, like Trigon Anderson, I don't want him to add too much mass because he but he probably needs a little bit, right? And it's just it's like it just feels outdated. And this is the real test for Ryan Day, I think, because um, you know, defensive staff overhaul is one thing. Um, sort of getting rid of one of the tenants of the pillars of urban Meyer's program, I think is another, I personally am not very optimistic that any change happens there. Um, but I, I think it really, I really do think it should. Um, and that's, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. It's time to modernize and it's time to react. Um, because I think the overarching theme here is that, um, is that, you know, you have the opportunity now to, mm-hmm. to really reinvent and, and really learn. Um, and, and as it stands, right, the Big Ten East is as talented as it's ever yeah. been. You've got four really good teams and four really good coaches, right? Yeah. And um, Well, three and, really good coaches and maybe a really good coach in Mel Tucker. Like, I, I'm not here to yeah. shit on him. I just don't think we have right. we, a big enough. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, and, then, and, then, and then you have, you know um, – Rutgers in Maryland who are I I'm not fully on board of them I think is some of the sort of hopeful narrative around them sort of is but they're better than they used to be where it was just like a it was like you show you showed up and you won 59 nothing they're not that anymore and then Indiana had an absolutely horrible year which is pretty hilarious after all uh all the hubbub last year but um you know, they could always make a resurgence to some extent, I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's a, it's a very tough division. Well, they're going to have Desan McCullough. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, um. Not much you can do. I, I don't even blame Al Washington for that one. There's not much. You no, can there, there isn't yeah. anything you could do. You can't, other you can't than, do much about a guy joining his dad and his brother. Um, yeah, when his dad and his brother, and it's a legacy thing. Like, yeah, um, you really can't. But uh, it, it would be such a – like, I'm, I'm really high on him. I think yeah, he's so going to be a really good gonna, player in yeah. Indiana. Um, do you want to react to some stuff that yeah, is let's, sort let's of going on like stuff. live right um, now? Yeah, let's do some. Um, yeah, we, we're Pete Thamel. Uh, let's do some out around. Sorry, let's do some around the country stuff. Yeah, this is here. this is sort of live. Uh, okay. Pete Thamel, as of like 27 minutes ago, tweeted that an announcement is expected as early as tomorrow for Brian Kelly. 
um, to be announced as the head coach of LSU. Wow. Um, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I can't really report, like, I can't really react to it because I don't know if it's 100% true. Like, he's pretty, he's, he's not, uh, he's pretty, he doesn't usually miss. Um, you know, I, I knew that it was easily, it was being talked about earlier today. Uh, Nicole Auerbach kind of broke the know story. How much I like that for either side? I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't like that for either party because yeah. I think Brian Man, Kelly had that. a. Um, he had a. He has it made for him in South Bend. Yeah, right. Like he, sort of... you know, he's never. They're never going to come calling for his job. No. Um, he's, he's going ten and two and eleven one. Sure as shit, got a better chance of making the. Uh, national championship game this year than LSU does. Right. Um, and um, the LSU thing, so... I, no, his, I do think LSU is like a top three job in the country. I think it's an underrated job. I've said this before. I just... I, I I don't know if I'm at his age. No, and, yeah, no. I, like, it, I, I think it's like the Ohio State of the South, but I in, I don't really like that for him because if he goes... Eight and four, nine and three, two years in a row. He's, mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna, gonna be calling for his job again. I, I don't know who in their right mind would take that job. Um, it, right now, I don't know how much. I feel like Brian. I feel like Brian Kelly has sort of taken Notre Dame to their modern ceiling, but I feel mm-hmm. like my, Brian Kelly has also hit his ceiling. Like this I don't is, know. This is particularly dangerous for for you and I and all of the listeners of this podcast. Because it likely means that our uh, our chosen Fickle. son yeah. and the rightful head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, <laughs> Luke Fickle, um, is probably going to receive an, or you know re- take a call from from Notre Dame. And although there is a chance that he'd turn that down, right? Yeah, like, um, he issued a statement, you know, and and who knows, right? Like I'm sure I it take, was UF I, I, and LSU. Yeah, I that, take more of a I take more. Uh, I take more stock in his statement than I do in uh, Lincoln Riley, for yeah, example. Yeah, Lincoln um, Riley. Um, yeah. yeah. We, can, we can get into that for a little bit. But yeah. Wow. Luke, Luke um, the, and that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, ultimately, good on you. Um, you yeah. can't be upset. Um, you can't be upset as an Ohio State fan with, with Luke Fickle if he does get the Notre Dame job yeah. because I still think, you fired I, him. So. Yeah, I'm of the opinion that I still think – uh, Luke Fickle would come to Ohio State if it comes to that. Whether uh, I, I, I think we're, we, but to be clear, I still both think we think Ryan Day can be the guy. But if something happens, either he leaves or uh, he. Oh yeah, out to not I be think the guy. I think if if the precedent is being set now that Notre Dame is a job that you leave, um, you know when if you know for a bigger job like mm-hmm. this isn't the notre dame of like the lou holtz era right um where that is the final job that you're getting right if any if anything they're kind of at a disadvantage because if o- oklahoma state wins this weekend and, and i grew up in a notre dame household um and was discussing this with my dad if oklahoma state wins this weekend they're likely in and Notre Dame is out on the curb with a one loss season, but it's because they don't have a conference championship. And maybe that's a disadvantage that you have to. um, And, and and then there's like, you know, from the Lou fickle perspective, it's like, well, you know, you're going to the big 12, um, which is a cool opportunity. And if you could get into the playoff in the AAC, 
Why would you? Why would you leave? Right. I think he's building something special. And you um, always have like the weird, the Notre Dame people always talk about the academics. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, but we'll we'll talk about Lincoln. Kelly, I don't, I don't oh. like that for either because no, LSU, I, I think what's his the thing. Upside there, like, yes. The 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 upside is that any moron can win right. a national yeah, title there. Yeah. Right, like Les Miles did it. Nick Saban. We we talk Not about saving now. Ironic. No, no, no. But at the time, he was like a like a career kind of five hundred. He was meddling yeah. it. And he had a couple good years at, at a couple decent years at Michigan State, mm. but he was not the Nick Saban that we know and love now, um, <laughs> for sure. And then um, you know, Coach Ed Orgeron just won yeah, a national the championship. Most moronic thing. coach to ever win a national uh-huh. title. So I, I guess the theory would be like. Brian Kelly is the most like sort of conservative, uh, don't screw it up coach of all time. I guess the LSU theory would be like, um, as long as we don't have a guy who doesn't screw it up, we can win some titles. My my problem with him is probably stylistically, right? Yeah, like, stylistically, I don't know. He is a like he's a yeller and screamer as a coach. Mm-hmm. He is an angry man. Yeah, uh, he does not seem to. Um, he, he's a good floor raiser, I think, in some ways. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I don't think in a program like LSU that already has problems with guys quitting on the program, mm-hmm. like every, you know, every five star comes in, plays two years, sees their name as the number two or you know top ten pick in the NFL, mm-hmm. and then stubs their toe on their way to class and and sits out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think the, that. Let's hope I was thinking get a life Rick side note. Uh, yes, you're absolutely. They need Yes, um, <laughs> badly. I hope he's eligible yeah. to play uh, uh, well, immediately. He'll have, well, he'll have the. They have the one-time transfer rule now. The, no, the, I, I know. Think the question is where he goes. I um, I just wish that with the one-time transfer rule, I think you know, and this is a side note and probably a stupid comment, but the the it would be funny if the one-time transfer rule you were allowed to play like live. So like you <laughs> you go out and get a big-time running back to play him for the uh, play him for your rivalry game or something. I think that'd be fun. But but yeah. Um, not sure how this one works. You know, if I, I still don't know if it's a hundred percent, um, I've got, you know, some, some folks, uh, that have told me yes. Other folks have told me no. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. but that leads into some further conversation about who takes Oklahoma because Lincoln Riley, uh, blew out of town and took yeah. his entire staff with him. I don't have, which, and like every recruit and it's seemingly every player. I that was, that was a, yeah. that was an old school, like robbery is yeah, what happened. It, it feels like, cause all of, all of that class is like 20 California guys. It's like, Oh my God, you've been plotting this. The you, entire- he legitimately plotted this whole thing yeah. and it was the perfect crime and he's going to get away with it. But yeah. yeah. Brent Venables is the name that's that's brought up there, and that to me would be fascinating. That because is, yeah, that would be. I didn't. I, I wouldn't have thought that the, that there was a divorce possible in Cle- at Clemson. Well, um, Oklahoma would be the type of job to finally do it, right? Yeah, like, true. Because um, if if he was getting offered, you know, ACC jobs before, it's probably not. Um, you know, he doesn't want to coach against mm-hmm. uh, Dabo if he doesn't have to. Yeah, um, and. and my guess is they would anticipate to eventually play each other. Um, you know, and if yeah. he's if he's leaving for that job, he's not anticipating not being in a playoff position. Well, Clemson's um, not going to be in the playoff, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be yeah. But um, 
Um, and then the UF, UF getting Billy Napier. That seems good. Uh, that seems that, fine. Yeah, seems like a fine fit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like that more than going out and trying something I, new. I th- thought yeah. RG3 throwing Tim Tebow's name out was a bit of a joke. Um, I missed that. That's, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. He called in a fine bomb and said it. So, Tim uh, Tebow, the man who can just try everything without yeah, being one, good at one it time at all. he gets a chance yeah. of doing whatever he wants. And, and we all have to watch how bad he is, but it's going to be a spectacle because uh, evangelists are going to buy his jersey no matter what. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm sure we're going to have more conversations about this. We'll do, we'll come back and do sort of a bowl preview um at some oh, point man, i don't know about the yeah, yeah, what yeah. i won't care about it in the slightest uh, yeah <laughs> or mo- maybe we do more of like a season. bull week bull yeah. season preview um yeah. talk about some 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 fun stuff we'll do um intermittent stuff as we go along and i think we're entering the off-season period which for listeners yeah. is probably going to be the most fun um because we're gonna try and have as many guests on as we yep. can i know um, we've reached out to some of you i've reached out to a lot of uh john and i's longtime mutuals uh we're gonna try to have some uh it just basically everyone who wants to come on come on um just have a fun time with us yeah we'll freestyle we'll have some fun coming yeah. up um hopefully you'll enjoy those um hopefully they'll give, get us some clout um, <laughs> yeah, we need we need more listeners. So yeah. uh, if, if any of you guys, um, you know, if any of would, you guys know Gene Smith, tell him to come on the pod. Tell him to come on the pod. <laughs> We'd love to hear his side of the story. We would um, love to we'll have give it to him. Fields on too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> any 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 professionals in in the ranks, we'll have you on. We're, we'll Archie interview Griffin, anyone. Uh, any anyone any them. anyone anywhere anytime. <laughs> we will we will make our clear in our schedule. But yep. yeah. Um, this was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, obviously as somber fun as it can be. After, yeah, uh, somber uh, events, yeah. but uh, excited to to keep things moving forward. It, it is. It is. Um, one last thing I'll say. It, I it, it 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 is a reset. It's it's nice to feel like this sort of uh for better, hopefully for better. I hope to God not for worse. Something is going to change in this program. This sort of two year episode, 2020, 2021, where we had these prolific offenses and very bad defenses and flashes of brilliance. You feel like that sort of uh, mini era is over. Now that's not to say all the problems will be fixed, but uh, the, the faces will at least change. Um, and, and that that feels good despite the ass kicking at the hands of our arch nemesis. And I will say I never agree and I never will agree with the Ohio State fans who say uh, Michigan's got to beat us a few times to make the rivalry interesting. I will never, ever want that to happen. But now that it has, it will make – next year's game um that much more heated right and i'm glad yeah. to have that game being at home yeah um, especially after the effect it's of... dumb that i'm it, oh michigan probably would have won in ohio stadium anyways but it was it's dumb that it was in ann arbor this year because the last time they played it was in ann arbor that's just sort of like a random yeah annoyance. and that's um, the thing is it's so tough because we didn't have a year last year and yeah who knows with the tape that you know you you can take away from mm-hmm. you know you maybe you learn something yeah um but right. man uh, it, it sucks um oh well but oh well. we're we're on to we're on to bigger and better things and uh thanks for thanks for doing this with us yeah thanks for tuning in um talk to y'all soon uh peace out see ya